0: This is a shop podcast. Happy New Year, Gladiators in Suits. This is Jonathan. Hi, Happy New Year, everyone. This is Jed. And you're listening to From Grit to Great Podcast. Yay! Happy
1: 2022. <laughs> Woo, it's going to be a new year again. Hoping
0: the- that this one's going to be a better <sighs> one. Yes. Are are you grateful despite what happened this year? Of course.
1: I mean, despite all the terrible things that has happened over the last year. And the last two years. last two years, (laughs) yeah. I I don't know which one is even worse. But despite everything, there are still things to be very happy, hopeful, and also be grateful about. So I think let's try to reminisce. What is the best thing that happened to you, John, for this year? I
0: think it's good to do some recollection of gratitude. So in my case, two things. This is ironic but it actually is the best year we've had for business so far. Oh, really? And the reason for that is as a motivational speaker and as a trainer slash speaker, usually we would do things face-to-face and that limits our time. I have to travel from one place to another. Uh-huh. I can only do a limited number because of the energy and the time needed. Now I can just sit in front of my screen and I can do five or four webinars in a day. So by virtue of volume, we were able to build and improve the business. And
1: yeah, we're very thankful. That's- Fantastic.
0: Number two, I'd like to add, of course, I want to include my pet dog, Tanjiro. Ah, yeah. Because he has been my source of happiness since I've had him this October. Every morning when I wake up, he licks my hands, asks me to go out and walk him around the district. And it's been my source of improvement of my mental wellness. And I'm
1: grateful for that. How That's about you? Perfect. Um, Two things that are best... Things that happened to me in this year. One is that my company has started. We are still growing in terms of our collection, our products, our production.
0: Ah, uh, happy for your furniture business. Thank Jed.
1: you. So yeah, we are still working on that, and I'm happy that it started and people are getting to know more about us. The second thing is that I have gotten to know a lot more people in just a span of one year, mm. more than you know, probably in the last five years. Uh, those are the perks of being an entrepreneur. Yes, you yes get To meet yes. someone new every day, and you know your clientele ex-clients become your friends and possibly become your business partners in the future. I am super grateful. And I think those are the best things that have happened mm-hmm. to me for and this And
0: let's also not forget, be thankful for health. Be oh, yes. thankful for the family. Be thankful that we are alive and being able to do something yeah. that has purpose when you wake up in the morning. Yeah, that's yeah. true. All right. So Jed, today we are going to talk about something that I am thankful for. And that is the gift of communication. Because I think business will only thrive regardless of how smart or intelligent you are. If you don't know how to communicate your ideas, you will not be able to succeed. And I'm very grateful because I think that is something that I'm good at. And in return for being thankful, it's something that I always advocate. If you catch me on social media this is something that I post mostly about how to speak confidently at work, how to manage your choice of words, how to improve your pitch. And we also do a lot of public webinars, whether for clients or for
1: anyone who's watching us on Facebook Live. So I guess, John, you're the perfect person to be asked about all the questions about public speaking, how to be confident. Thank you for catching my hints, Jen, <laughs> about what we're going to be talking about today. Well, look, I think I am a very confident public speaker. As you well, are. But this is your job. In terms of your profession, you are the man to be asked all these questions. And so in this podcast, we are going to share tips on how to speak confidently at work. All right, let's go to tip number
0: one. This tip, I'm going to start with something that has nothing to do with your intelligence. Nothing to do with your ability to understand things easily. It has something to do with theatrics. And that is for you to sound confident, you have to modulate your voice. Do you get what I mean when I say modulation, Jed?
1: Does that mean you have to speak like Morgan Freeman Uh, or those National Geographic hosts? You're on the right track. And Uh when I say
0: modulation, it means that you have to lower your voice. Mm -hmm. Because when we look at research, we vote for politicians around the world with low, deep voice. Of course, I'm exaggerating now, but with low, deep voice. You get what I mean. So another example, Walt Disney Films. Jet, what's your favorite Oh, that's easy. The Lion King. Okay, my favorite as well. So you're familiar with Mufasa. Yep, And of who's the other antagonist? Uh, Scar, uh, yeah. right? So look at their voices because they have to sound that they are commanding and authoritative. They have low, deep voices. Can you imagine Mufasa or Scar with a high-pitched voice like, hello everyone, good morning, my name. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sounding like I'm talking to my dog. That's how I talk to Tanjiro. Yeah. But that deep, booming, modulated voice gives you that command.
1: Which reminds me, at the opposite side of the spectrum, you see that people who have high-pitched voices, especially males, get actually made fun of. Agree. And it's unfair because you're perceived to be less masculine yeah. for it as well. So the perfect person I have in mind as an example is David Beckham. Mm. You know, there's I'm a, a big ob-
0: fan of David Beckham, by yeah, the me way. Too,
1: me too. There are a lot of tweets and nasty memes about him saying that he's just good to look at, but when you listen to him, you just don't want to any longer. Mm,
0: Because he has this high-pitched voice, right? So that's true. When you happen to have a high-pitched voice, you don't seem to be authoritative and commanding. But I also want to remind you, Jed, just because modulated voice is the preferred type of voice, it doesn't mean that there are no benefits to having a high-pitched voice. I'm sure, I'm sure. Right. So, for example, in the food and beverage industry, it's better to have a high-pitched voice. Like if I were a waiter and I were to ask you, Jed, would you like to eat in alfresco or would you like to eat inside? Yeah. Is that a high-pitched or low pitch? voice? It's definitely
1: voice? the high-pitched voice and it sounds very cheerful, energetic. That's right. Because if you want to sound pleasant, accommodating,
0: mm. you rather use a high-pitched voice. Yep. So, here's another practical tip. You want to be taken seriously in a phone call with a customer service representative. Let's say you're calling a hotline from AirAsia. You need your refund or someone got your food order from Food Panda or Grab wrong. You know what's the best way to get more attention? Lower your voice. Mm. The theatrics, I I have to emphasize this, theatrics are so important in
1: any conversation. And speaking of theatrics, I had two separate interviews for my furniture company, John. In the first ever interview that I have done... Wait, this interview with a partner or client? uh, It's more for PR and more for... Ah, like a media entity. A media entity, yes. Interviewing you, okay. So the first interview that I've ever done, I realized when I looked over the clips once again, I was very perky. I was Mm. in a very high-pitched tone to the point that I feel like I'm not really real. It sounded so fake. I sounded like I'm really just pushing the product. You're pleasing the audience. pleasing the audience because I was very energetic, you know, Mm. with Mm. high-pitched voice. But then on the second clip, not realizing that I had a previous clip I was in a more modulated voice, more Mm. mild-mannered and more composed. And then when I re-looked at the clips again, it felt like I was more confident on that interview. Plus, I bet it
0: gave you more maturity level. When when people were looking at that video, he knows what he's doing. He's CEO material. Yeah,
1: it sounded more serious. It sounded that I am really aware of what my products are and I know what I am selling. Yep. And so I guess, you know, there's a right time when you have to speak in a very high-pitched, energetic voice and perky voice versus when you have to speak in a very modulated voice.
0: I also have to add, Jed, because I'm sure we have lots of female listeners who yep. might be saying, you know, these are two guys talking about modulating their voice. Obviously, it's going to be easier for them. I want to emphasize that modulation is not only exclusive to the male species. I'm sure. It applies to females as well. When I say modulate, that means Means like being able to strike the balance with having too high-pitched versus the low-pitched point. One example of that, if you have an opportunity, go to YouTube, look for Margaret Thatcher. Are you familiar with the first ever female Prime Minister of the United Kingdom from the Labour Party? You will see a lot of clips before and after she became a politician. And when she was starting out, her pitch was very high. And then later on, you'll realize, because she obviously had voice coaching, which she would not talk about, and I can understand why, her voice became low-pitched afterwards. She became more commanding. She became more authoritative in her tone. She became more majestic as well in her tone. So this applies for both species. Right.
1: I guess at the end of the day, even if you're a high-pitched person, this being a modulated voice can actually be learned. It
0: does. It can happen via voice coaching. Yeah. So for example, uh, we do a lot of webinars again. And again, I'm going to plug actively (laughs) for Mm -hmm. this. So we do have monthly webinars on how to speak confidently at work. And we try to teach our students how to find the equilibrium for their voice. So So, How do you lower your voice anyway? I can't show this on video because obviously this is a podcast. But if I were to explain this, try to lie down on bed or a sofa Mm -hmm. and imagine you are squeezing your voice box, your larynx in between your head and your neck. Can you imagine that, Jed? Yes, So you're lying down. Like yeah. pretend that you're talking to someone over the phone, but you're lying down. Mm-hmm. We would use we do that. easy,
1: yeah. We would usually do that in high school. In high right? school, yeah. When you we talking to our when friends. When you want to <laughs> converse with your classmates for hours. Exactly.
0: So when you do that, especially when you're older, you tend to modulate your voice because when you squeeze it, so I'll give an example. Obviously, you can't see me now on video, but I'm going to push my head downwards. So now my voice sounds deeper. You see that?
1: Right? Yeah, I mean, Jed, can you show proof that I am? Let me, let me do it. Hi, my name is Jed. I think
0: your voice is really so low already. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference, but that's what I'm trying to say. So that's one way of doing it. And then slowly, over time, weeks and weeks, months and months, try to start speaking with the same voice, but move your head upwards because you're going to look stupid yeah. if you're going to talk yeah. to people with your head tilted downwards. So people don't notice this, but my voice in Apprentice Asia eight years ago high pitch, high pitched, really. Okay. I had some, people don't know this, but I had some voice coaching with some okay. experts and that helped me improve my modulation. And now I
1: speak relatively with a low pitch voice, more commanding, right. more authoritative. Right. All right. Tip number two is to be critical with your choice of words. Mm-hmm. So part of being a very confident speaker is that you should be able to mince your words with the right words at the right time. Mm-hmm. You should be able to do a lot of word plays in given circumstances. And I have a word for that. Word smithing. Oh from blacksmith that's right
0: so being able to critically choose your words Mm -hmm. so for example I throw this question to you Jet can you give me another synonym for problem challenge very good opportunities opportunities right so when you want to win someone's hearts you don't want to sound like I have a problem working with you You can say, I have a challenge, or I am currently challenged working with you, or I see an opportunity on how you and I can work together. It sounds more positive.
1: You know, this is interesting because every time my colleague, like for example, when we're doing the designs for our projects, Jed, we have a problem. The first thing that I'll ever say to them, I don't want to hear problem. Because it sounds like there's a drama, right? So I will tell them what is the challenge. Or what's the issue? What's What's the the concern? It's a dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. So we have all these different words that we could replace to words that are Very terrible sounding. Like there's a lot of. Because emotions are involved. Yes, exactly.
0: One example is that in business, every time you do pitches and presentations, let's say for example, you're proposing, we need a 15 million US dollar increase in next year's budget for business. People would often use the word, I believe, I think, I feel, we hope. These are words that are best to use in creative writing, in romantic novels, in political speeches. But in business transactions, you don't want to sound like, I hope we meet our sales targets. Oh, no, you
1: won't say I
0: that. Hope is not a strategy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, right? Instead of using subjective verbs like, I believe, she thinks, I feel, we hope, use auxiliary verbs. We will, we should, I must, he can. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So for example, instead of saying, I hope we meet our sales target next year, say something like, we will meet our sales target next year. Assuming trajectory is from X, Y, and Z, we will be able to meet our sales targets. Yeah, the
1: language should not only be hopeful, but it should be doable. You
0: look like you're doing something about it yeah. as well, right? Another example, adverbs and adjectives must also be omitted. Have you seen those business presentations wherein mm-hmm. the person keeps on saying the words actually, technically, I'm going to say this, Jed. Basically. Which is your favorite word, Jed. Do you notice know that? What? Basically. Ah, you don't notice it. The, no, I don't. Basically, it's your favorite word. So try to- No, lo- it's not my favorite word. It is. Words, but- Ladies and gentlemen, try to listen to podcast episode one, two, three, and four. You will notice that Jed mentions the word basically. Not to demean you. In my case, you know what my favorite word, what my is favorite it? adverb? I often use essentially. Also technically. I'm guilty of that. So this is not to say that we're perfect people, but in confident language, you want to avoid these things because adverbs and adjectives are like flowers. Yes. So instead of saying, actually, he was late. If he was late, say it. Just say, he was late. Instead of saying, we are basically eating. Dear Lord, eating is the most basic thing to do on planet Earth. So say, we are eating. You don't say technically a sat noun. Say, he sat down not only are you giving yourself a favor with lesser words the listeners get to listen less the readers of your emails get to read also less
1: this is actually a very bad habit that I think most of the people would have Mm. and it's something difficult to erase as well but we will try our best to take it out the best part
0: is if you're more conscious about it if it makes you cringe you will have more reasons to take it out that's true I once advised a friend record yourself on Zoom for your one hour meet 30 minute meetings and try to count the number of times you've mentioned the word actually. Are you guilty of the word actually, (laughs) Jed? I I don't know. I I really don't know. uh, When I was starting out, I've mentioned this many times. So for example, if you're intimidated in a meeting, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jonathan. So actually, we're about to start the meeting now. And actually, we're just waiting for other participants to come in. But actually, there are some snacks at the back. It might be just a Filipino thing. No. (laughs) So hear me out. I forgot the year this was published, but Harvard Business Review had this article. Article that says one of the most overused and abused adverbs is actually. Actually, actually. And in fact, in many situations across cultures, when you use the word actually too many times, it lowers your credibility by 20 to 30% in front of investors. Right. So limit it. If you read CNN news articles, do you notice there are no adverbs and adjectives? You don't yeah. say yeah. the criminal went to the room. You do not say, the criminal apparently went to the room. The criminal seemingly went to the room. You just say it as is. Third Jed, fillers and crutch phrases. We also have to take that out. So for example, may I respectfully request, in my humble opinion... Or to be fair, in all honesty, to be honest. I hate it when someone says that because if you're telling me to be honest, you're implying that you were not honest yesterday. You're implying that you were not honest in our last conversation. Take Mm -hmm. it out. Even if you delete it, the sentence will still stand.
1: That's true though. It
0: makes you more confident as well. So instead of saying, in my humble opinion, say it as it is. Hi team, may I recommend… There's no such thing as humble opinion. You're paid to give opinions. That's what you're hired for
1: as an employee. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's all about keeping it simple. Which like is? Taking out all the unnecessary flowery words that you can. And this is cliche, but there is an acronym for it. KISS. Yeah. Right. <laughs> keep it simple, stupid.
0: Oh, there's just, uh, that's, that's, that's the S yeah, part? that's uh-huh. the S part. Yeah. I thought KISS was like, keep it simple. Okay, uh, something new to learn today. Yeah. Third, last but not the least, tip number three manage your posture. Now, there doesn't seem to be a direct correlation between how your body and your posture looks like versus how confident you are, but there is. I want to ask you, Jed, what do you think is the one thing that theater actors, singers, and motivational speakers like me avoid when we're about to go on stage?
1: tough question um could be a ritual
0: it could be you know something that we avoid oh, there's so
1: many things but i don't know what what is it
0: so we avoid sitting down ah really and try to make a guess why i guess you need to be perked up perked up that's one and you need to be more high energetic. energy that's yeah. right very good because when you're sitting down you're actually contracting and compressing your body and in some levels it lowers your testosterone which by the way is visible it's present for both males and females so what you want is to stand up because you want to improve your energy level. And while I'm standing up, I also take deep breaths want to give you one more practical application. In job interviews, have you been in those situations wherein you're waiting for one hour or 30 minutes for an HR oh, recruiter? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to call out, by the way, all HR recruiters. Why do you guys make us wait? Is that part of the tactic? Is it just me or all the interviewers that I've had, they make me wait for an hour?
1: Well, I guess that's part of the process, isn't it? Like, they make you wait to test your patience I and know. then see how you are good at That is so 1980s the... <laughs> or 1990s to do, and early 2000. But these days,
0: time is
1: money. But time also. I think it's also because that's the only time that your interviewer will be able to look through your resume. That interviewer is so inefficient. She should have prepared.
0: He should have prepared (laughs) earlier. Anyway, my point is
1: if you're waiting that long,
0: don't sit down too long. You're contracting your body. You're compressing your body. Your testosterone level that applies for both males and females go down. And lower testosterone level usually means that you're less brave you're also less risk-taking of the situation. So instead, I would recommend try to pace around, stand up if you know that you're about to get called in the next few seconds. Or if you want, try to look for a newspaper and then pretend that you're reading it, spread it like an eagle so you can expand your body and you feel more confident than ever. One more example, Jed. Whenever I do talks, and let's say I am at the backstage waiting for my turn and it will still be 10 to 15 minutes. A lot of my clients ask me to sit down. Like, John, take a seat. You can rest for a bit and your talk will be in 15 minutes. I will reject them and say, no, I need to stand up. And a lot of them feel offended whenever I reject their offer. And that's not because I'm being rude. It's because I need to get my spirits and energy up. I need to
1: stand mm. up. I need to take deep breaths as well. Makes sense. So that reminds me, when you see concerts, for example, mm. on like televised concerts, when you go to a backstage, all the performers would be jumping. Exactly. People, they would be like doing some jumping jacks and they would be like running ac- across a backstage. Can I just add, or you can
0: pretend that you need to go to the washroom and then do what we call as the Superman or the Wonder Woman
1: post. Are you familiar with that, Jed? Is that the one when you're lifting your one arm and then the other on your... Huh? <laughs> Yo, what? That, that's a Superman pose. Isn't no, it? Jed. that's the flying pose. I'm oh, referring to you know the two h- arms,
0: Jed! Uh, the two arms are on your waist. Yeah, the position, yeah.
1: right? Clench fist with your or two fists on your waist.
0: That's right. So you're yeah. making that like I'm very powerful pose. Okay? Yeah.
1: Do you even watch Superman? One? Yeah, of course. But they uh, have so many poses. Okay. Hello.
0: Okay. So the Superman and the Wonder Woman pose are very helpful when you want to improve your confidence level because when you do that pose, you're expanding your body. Um, You're expanding sense. your chest. And by the way, the expanding of one's body is not just among human beings. It's something that's very common among species. Eagles flap their wings right. whenever they want to look that they're bigger. Monkeys puff out their chest. Cobras make themselves look bigger whenever they threaten by their predators. Whenever Tanjiro, my pet dog, passes by a cat, and God bless all the felines out there, you know what cats do? Have you noticed what cats do whenever a dog passes by on the streets? No. They make their legs. They stand up straighter. They elongate their legs because they want to make themselves look bigger in times of threat. Mm, okay. So to look confident, to look more commanding and authoritative, you expand your body as well. Right. I'm going to flip the tables because some people might say, John, this is only applicable post-COVID-19 because we're still not seeing each other face-to-face. Well, the same also applies even when you're doing virtual meetings. How do you appear confident when you're doing just phone calls or video calls? You can actually apply the same principles. So for example, manage your postures. Jed, when you're making a phone call to someone that you're intimidated to talk to, this is a phone call. Which one's better? Make the phone call standing up or make the phone call sitting down or lying on bed? Definitely standing up. Exactly, because… Okay. when you're standing up, you feel like you're in control. Mm -hmm. You're expanding your body. You're making yourself feel confident within. One more. Let's say for phone calls again. Do you think that there is a difference when you're smiling? Do you think that the recipient of the call knows that you're smiling when you're talking to them? Oh, yeah.
1: Definitely. Especially when you hear those customer representatives. In call centers. centers, Exactly. Because they're
0: well trained for that. That's actually their metric. So when you smile while you're speaking, the audience perceives that. And remember, selling is acting. Talking to people also requires a level of acting not too much acting that people think that you're faking it but just the right amount that you sound pleasant and accommodating as well here's my assignment for our listeners tonight try to do a recording read a sentence from a book recording one do it while smiling recording number two do it with no smile you will see so much difference so i'm gonna say something right now ladies and gentlemen my name is jonathan and i am Black and black. See? I'm smiling. But when I say, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jonathan and I am X, Y, and Z. It's just a normal voice, normal speaking voice. It does make a significant difference. So when you can smile and it doesn't hurt to smile. By the way, do you know that it takes more muscles, muscles yeah. of the face to frown
1: than to smile? Than to smile. Yeah. So, costs you nothing. Wow, that is a perfect segue to our ending of this podcast. And as I say that, I am actually smiling, and you're genuinely and, smiling. Yeah, and this is <laughs> this is a, a perfect segue into saying that we are coming into the new year in 2021. And I hope everyone could be as confident now than ever before. Because your
0: confidence determines your success. Yes, right. exactly. Jed, can I plug one thing? Go ahead. (laughs) So if you guys are interested, this is just a sampler and I can't do everything in 20 minutes. You can't be the best speaker overnight. But if you are willing to get trained, we do conduct monthly webinars. The title is literally How to Speak Confidently at Work. And if you're interested, just log on to my website, jonathanyabut.com. We conduct it every month and we have about 100 participants from over seven countries in Southeast Asia who join us. The entire session is conducted in English. I think it's a very good New Year's resolution slash gift that you can give to yourself. Jed, happy new year. Happy new year. And we'll see our listeners soon in a brand new 2022. Yay. See you guys. Bye. Bye.